Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is episode 35. And yes, just as much as there is a doble jornada, there is a doble podcast this week. We brought you one on Tuesday, and we're bringing you guys one back again on Thursday. We're going to be breaking down everything that happened yesterday against Leon in that terrible, terrible defeat to them in the Camp Nou. And we're going to be looking forward to the future in hopes of what should be a wonderful, wonderful matchup against Pumas in the Clásico Capitolino. And as always, it should be a great, great show. But before I get ahead of myself, let me introduce today's co-host, Mr. Christian. Christian, how are we? I'm doing uh, better than yesterday, that's for sure. Better than yesterday. And a returning guest to the pod, a good friend of ours, Mr. Brian. Brian, we caught you straight from uh, straight from Aero Mexico, from Guadalajara to Arizona. Uh, how's yes. it going? The, the reigning champion is back. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. No one can take that away. Thank you for having me again. Thank you. Uh, you're actually the first time you come on the pod when we're actually going to be talking about America. I know. Interesting. Yeah, we interesting. Ended on a sad note, so let's, I don't know, let's reverse it. Yeah, let's reverse it. And what better way to do it than with a Clásico Capitolino up ahead? Many of you will be wondering exactly where is Dylan and why he is not on the pod. Well, I'll tell you this much. Management has given him yet another vacation. I believe this time it's the Bahamas, and he's actually with us in the live chat. But... He is cruising and coasting right before the school starts. So, Dylan, we envy you. So keep enjoying your vacations. And while we get to work, you get to relax. All right. Gentlemen, are we ready to talk about what the nightmare was yesterday in the Camp No? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as we don't want to, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, I have sighed this whole morning as well. Uh, it, was, it was a terrible matchup, a horrible game. All in all, 90 minutes that we would much rather forget than to ever remember. But we do have to go down through memory lane and put a, put ourselves through this torture just one more time to talk to the people exactly what went wrong because I feel like everything in the end went wrong. But, Brian, I'll throw it to you first. We talked about the lineup, and it was literally the same lineup that repeated against Querétaro and the lineup before that beat Monterrey at home. How are you feeling about this? Uh, I'm okay with the lineup for the most part. I mean, I haven't seen much out of Oribe lately. So, I mean, if they put in uh, Henry, that would have been fine too. But um, the biggest problem I had was the two of the most experienced players with the midfield was uh, Guido and uh, Uribe. I, I felt like the the whole game was supposed to be dictated by them. And they were there was a lot of fouls in the beginning. And breaking up the rhythm, and I think that went uh, Club Leon's way. And um, that was kind of like the disappointing part I saw right off the bat. And then early goal completely shook up Club America. Yeah, early, early, early goal. We'll get into that right now. Christian, we talked about the lineups. We said we were very confident in regards to what Piojo was going to line up. Instead, uh, it looks like they, there was not much confidence in them because it looked like the team just wasn't there. Yeah, the team really wasn't there, but for the most part, the lineup, like uh, like Brian said, it was. I mean, it was all right, I guess. Uh, I would have done the same switch as him. I would have took out Oribe Peralta, put in Henry Martin, because you know we have not seen Oribe this season. 
And, you know, just the, the, the key midfield that Dylan always talks about, Mateos and Guido have to show up every game in order for us to create chances uh, for our better the better chance to win, and they just weren't there. And uh, that cost us a lot. I think even though all three of us can agree that the lineup was the correct one, we, we maybe would have tweaked one, one or two things. But I, I think the thing that frustrated me the most, and I even said this right before we even closed up the show uh, on Tuesday, was I don't want to see Oribe Peralta in that camp position again. And he started again yeah. in that yeah. in that in that camp spot. I have no mm-hmm. idea why we're wasting we're wasting someone in that position. I, I feel like the more we watch him, the more he's losing his step, and he, that's a very mobile spot. I mean, a lot of people even want to see Lainez in that spot and just compare those two players, though they're completely different skill sets. So that's another reason. That's kind of like the frustrating part with Oribe right now. It's just he's looking a little like even with just his one two passes, they're a little bit behind. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I believe there's only maybe one player in our whole roster that I think fits that camp position perfectly, and he is in recovery for about another, what, four months? Mr. Jeremy. Yes, Mr. Jeremy Mendes. That long? Well, I, yeah, it was, that long. he was supposed to be gone for the whole apertura. Wow, yeah. And, and I feel like he's the only real player that can actually, you know, say, okay, he's mm-hmm. he, he could be our camp. I mean, we do have seen multiple times last season where, you know, he came in and, you know, he slowed down the game in order for us to regain and, you know, get get control of the match. And I think that's something that we're lacking this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I, Brian, uh, talking back to what you were saying, yes, the, it, it looked like there was too many fouls and it, dis- it disrupted the gameplay. And it looked like maybe that was the right move for us to do to kind of make sure the Leon didn't settle. But it looks like it kind of worked against our favor and the fact that we weren't able to even get a rhythm going well that's the thing it's like w- once that started happening i noticed that the passes from the midfield were, were even like lacking it, like the, the linking up was just off um I, I i likened it to the conca champions when they played toronto where all of a sudden it was like the link the mid the midfield wasn't linking and then all of a sudden ibarwin was trying to take on four players and luckily in that in that game he got through but this time Leon was a just a brick wall. They just they had no problems with those wingers going at them. That's true. Credit to Leon because they were very very organized in the defense. Very much I, so. They they did not leave much space to run into. I think Roger even had to force some of the space that he even got. But I think Leon defensively speaking, they 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 did what they had to do. They they held their own and we just weren't creative enough to just even try to make anything happen of anything. So the midfield was a very, very crucial aspect to this game, yet we did not win it at all. Very, very terrible in our passing going forward. At, at some points, we even started just hoofing the ball up, playing long ball United. That's exactly what it was. And it yeah. was it was ridiculous because as much as you have a target man in Roger, uh, what are you going to do with uh, when the ball's going thrown up to Linus or Ibarwin? Yeah, that, that's not even like his style. That wouldn't be a, st- a stylistic for him. You know, no. it's like that doesn't work with him. It's a, it's a linking up type of thing where he can exploit the defense. Not like, hey, here's the ball. Go do something. That's not that's not going to work with him. Nope, that's definitely not Rodgers' way. And it definitely isn't or has ever been our way, to be honest. As much mm-hmm. as we've seen America play, I don't think that's ever been a resourceful tactic for us to even fall on. But... Mm-hmm. Like you gentlemen mentioned, another goal from the man who always seems to put a ball in the back of the net against us, Mr. Mauro Bocelli. <laughs> yep. 
unbelievable that he gets himself yet another goal and uh didn't even take him that long. What do you what do you guys think went wrong in that goal? Just poor, poor marking. Um, I feel like uh we gave him too much space and you a guy like Boselli, we know how um lethal he can be inside the box. You can't give him that much space, and that was just very poor defending by um by I'm pretty sure Edson Alvarez who had his mark. So very poor defending by Edson Alvarez. Edson Alvarez, yeah, it was it was terrible. I mean, nothing much Machisin could have done either. Um it was a very good header. Let's mm -hmm. you know credit where credit is due. Boselli's always been a very good clinical finisher, and especially against us for some reason. Uh but you know, Leongo go up 1-0, and I, I think you just, for everyone, it just, frustration seemed to just sink in right away. Because, yeah, instantly, instantly. Yeah, because I think you saw this team and the way they were performing leading up to that goal, you just thought, no, I don't, it, it looks like this is going to be a recap of what happened against Queretaro. Yeah. Which was, you know, kind of almost true to a point, but, um, you know, the team, Somewhat tried to react at the beginning, try to push forward, try to run. Uh, we, we got a little bit more of the ball possession at that point, and maybe we dictated a little bit more of the play, but never to the point where I think Lowen were even worried. You know, I don't really remember a really crucial opportunity where you thought, wow, that should have gone in, except maybe a, I remember one time Roger kind of just forced his way into the box and Kota came out in time. Um, that I don't know. Can you gentlemen remember another time? No, to be honest, I really can't. I'm trying to think in my head, and I think there was one where I think the, they they tried a, a give and go, and I think Oribe or or Roger kind of had a little bit of space, but then they got swallowed up by, by the defense. So I mean, I can't really think of a clear cut shot opportunity, to be honest. Yeah, there. I don't think there was any clear clear cut chances. And as much as credit we want to give to Leon's defense, and like we said, they played a very good game, what was lacking? I, I think we were just not that creative. I think it, we were very predictable in, in the way we were moving the ball. I think Leon's defense just kind of just said, okay, you're going to do that again. We're going to easily just swallow it up. It's just Bioho tactics. I think I've been reiterating this all season long. Bioho's tactics is go give it to the wings, let them create something, either cut in or cross the ball in. And, you know, Leon figured that out very quickly. As you can see, we didn't really have uh, our crosses were all were terrible. Like literally, I don't think one cross ever connected, and it's it's terrible to see that this is the type that this is the only type that Piojo has. And um, I don't know, maybe that's why we're not seeing much of Roger uh, like shine as we as we know he can, because crossing and crossing is not going to get the job done. No, it's not. I think our wing play hasn't been that strong uh, in the well, past. That, couple that's weeks. the thing is, I I would have preferred to see them try to shrink the field. And try just get the passing better, because it, like like we we're saying, the crossing's not landing, and I I don't think Rogers going to get a header. So try, I mean, I don't know. I just I think shrinking the field a bit, getting that midfield play back in, where you can make some space and try to maybe catch a, a defender off. Mm -hmm. And it, it just kept like the same thing over and over. It was like Chippo de la Torre 2013 tactics. It's just like just cross it. Maybe it'll, maybe so find somebody. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, and the, and it doesn't help too that whatever you're playing out the wings, your wingers can't even get past their first marker. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I I screenshotted a, a play where Ibarrowing was trying to make a run, and there were six Leon players around him, and there was nobody else near him from America. And I'm just like, this is what we're resorting to. It's back to the Conca champions, like yeah. hero ball again. You know what I mean? 
And I think I, I, Nibaru went frustrating me for the, most of the match because he, he, he couldn't get past his first defender and then no. still opted out to play a very, very poor ball whenever he didn't want to pass the ball. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, I don't know what Piojo has seen in him. I I know I get it before in a couple of games, he wanted to keep him there for the full 90 minutes just for him to kind of get his confidence up, to kind of get the rhythm of the league. At this point, though, he's costing you an extra spot on the field where someone can do a much, much better job. I think if we would have seen Cecilia Dominguez start there, maybe, just maybe things would have been a little bit different. Possibly. I don't know. I mean, Yeah, possibly, but we see Cecilia come in for, and for full half, him. and he didn't do anything, to be honest. So I don't know if starting Celia would have been the better idea, but, I mean. I just, I, you're right, Chris. This kind of goes back to the Piojo tactics, you know. It's why are you putting him in, why are you putting Oriol Peralta in a camp position? Why are you not trying to play through your strikers kind of, you know, fourth way? If it's, he likes to receive the ball and link up. Why are you going to force him to try to go battle in an air duel against mm-hmm. a very, very tall center back in Mosquera? And several of them, basically. Yeah. I mean, they exactly. were all ready for those crosses. Mm-hmm. They were. And it's ridiculous that you, that, that you then opt to still keep uh, a winger in that hasn't produced much in the past couple of games. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the two players I felt were the best were uh, Henry and... Uh, Ibarra, I think I felt like the, they tried at least to make something happen, but I mean, everybody was off. I mean, it, this was a collective loss. This wasn't like, oh, this one dude screwed up. It just was a collective loss, to yes, be honest. Definitely. It was. And I think if you look at the defense, too, Bruno had a very, very bad game. I mean, yeah, to give away a penalty the way he did mm-hmm. and to risk that play, it's, it's ridiculous. How do you not just play it safe, and kick the ball out. Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to rebound it? And so softly, too. It's right. just, it's it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and then, frustrating. I know a lot of people will say it's not a penalty or the referee gave, gave away that penalty. It doesn't matter. What I'm talking about is the play before the penalty. Before, he could have completely, completely have, you know, erased that play from history. Exactly. If he would, just would have done the right move. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was it was it was frustrating on that aspect as well because you know Bruno looks like he was actually starting to become you know maybe this Pablo Aguilar 2.0 and now he resorts himself to making the mistakes that we saw from last season and mm-hmm. just kind of you know says well maybe we need another center back or maybe we need Manuel Aguilera there. Yeah, possibly. I will say this though, I think out of the center backs I think Edson had the best game. Yeah, I mean yeah. Uh, there, like with the first goal, I think there was a miscue, just a miscue. I, I don't know. It, it was good cross and good header, but outside of that, he had some pretty good interceptions. He was covering uh, well, so I mean, I, I would rate him fairly well after that moment. No, definitely, and I think I'll I'll say this much about him too. He was not just covering his own space; he was covering whatever space George Sanchez left whenever mm-hmm. he decided to go and bust up Paul Aguilar. Well, that yeah. was the other, the other player, too, was Vargas when he would push up a lot. But he did have one really good play right before he got subbed out where he tracked back. And I think it was um, Montes who took a shot and he deflected it. And then mm-hmm. right after that, he gets subbed out. I'm like, ah, man, this this is not working out. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's not. Poor poor Vargas. Um, you know who he got to start? At? I mean, I didn't see too much of him to be like, yes, he's going to stay in the starting 11. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Kudos for him tr- for for what he did. 
I know a lot of people will question whether George Sanchez should start the next game or not. For me, I wouldn't risk it. I'd put Paul Aguilar. Um, as much as we sometimes say he's very uh, tactically not disciplined, I think when it comes to George or Paul, I think Paul would would, would definitely maybe uh, track a little bit more than than what uh, George has done. Yeah, another thing too is he's he is young and you know he's going to be going through some ups and downs. But he's also had very good games, so I'm not going to just write you know I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater completely. Um, but if Aguilar starts, I mean, I'm okay with that too. And yeah. you can always put Sanchez back in if Aguilar is not 100. percent Definitely. No, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I'm not saying you know let's 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 send them down to the sub to the you know sub 20s. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying let's 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 give him a couple of games where he maybe observes these games off the bench. Paolo's not 100. percent If Paolo's not even demonstrating that he's ready, let's put him back in there because he has had good games. You know, no yeah. one's going to question him against Monterrey. No mm-hmm. one's going to question the great uh, the the good game he's had against Querétaro. It's just you know maybe a couple of mistakes here and there. But mm-hmm. it's it's granted he's 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 new he and he's definitely very young. So that I do understand. Um, let me hear your guys' take on Diego Linus. Well, for me, Diego Linus, this was um. I think it was a right move. Piojo did uh, summon him out at halftime. Uh, didn't really create much. He was double teamed for the whole half. And I think that frustrated him a little bit because he tried to do a little bit too much extra, something that we don't want him to do. We want him to see, like, release the ball a little bit, pass more instead of taking on two, three guys. We know he can. It's just that when you're double teamed, you can't really do that as much. So maybe he got frustrated, him being that young. It got to him a little bit. You know, um, I don't expect him to I don't expect him to see him in the starting 11 Saturday. Um but I think uh, he can learn from this, you know, to, you know, calm down a little bit. And uh, when he needs to be solved out, it's, uh, it's a good time. Okay. Yeah. He didn't have the best of his game. Again, this is, what, game number two that he hasn't really showed up against Caretaro. Wasn't really looking that well. And then against Leon to get, you know, pulled off at halftime. Mm-hmm. I guess that really kind of has to put him in a bit of a worry to see if he's ever going to come back into that start 11 anytime soon. But you're right. This is going to help him. This is going to help uh, maybe kind of put him into his place just because I think maybe it was all of this was kind of getting to him. You know, there was rumors of him getting called up to the Mexican national team, this uh, this upcoming uh, Fecha FIFA and everything that's been surrounding the kid. You know, I, I feel like I feel like he's he's no one's ever going to deny the talent that he has. And he is the real deal. But he still needs to learn a lot. And I think I, I think maybe. After this game, if he can assess himself and if the right people wrap their arms around around him and say, look, this is what you did wrong, this is what you could do better, and this is what you got to improve on, and if he can take that, then he can definitely grow to be the player that we know he can be. Definitely. So the game pretty much rolls around, and Leon don't really do much to push forward. I think they were kind of okay with just giving us the ball and trying to see what we were able to do because like Christian said he we looked very predictable you know and yeah. and are you talking, are you referring to Linus no 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 I'm referring to the to the game now in general oh, I general in general yeah in general we were just you know Leon gave us the ball we had the ball more and I think Leon's plan was okay we'll let you keep the ball you're being very predictable we can easily do this for another full 90 minutes if you want to you're not really pushing us to to any new extremes mm-hmm. so what 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 do you guys think was the right call to make during halftime uh i think the right call 
the right call was subbing out Diego Linus, but the wrong call was bringing in Cecilia Dominguez. I would much would have rather preferred Renato Ibarra come in only because we know how um, explosive he can be when he comes in as a sub. We've seen what he can do to a game when he comes in. He can change the dynamic of the team, you know, let them you know, let's start running, you know, let's start doing this, moving a little bit more. So I would have much rather preferred to see Renato Ibarra than Cecilia Dominguez. You, Brian, what, what would you have done differently? Um, well, I mean, it's it's one thing if, uh, you know, like the lioness wasn't working, but I'm never really a major fan of taking someone out at halftime, especially if he's young. I feel like that. I, I think like, hey, th- th- these first 10 minutes, if nothing's changing, I'm going to take you out. I think that would be, I would be okay with that. But I think, I think Ibarra looked good when he came in, <laughs> to be honest. And like we were talking about, like Peralta, in that spot, he wasn't working. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing Ibarra, Linus as a, as an attacking mid, and then um, either keep Ibarrin or oh, Dominguez come in. But you know, I don't know. It just it, it just felt like even when Dominguez came in, the, the answers weren't arriving either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this you could kind of chalk that up into like a bad game. Back to the first loss, it was very similar. I just felt like there was nobody really connecting, and then the the, the defense slipped up. It was very similar. So I mean, maybe this was just one of those fluky games. Where the team wasn't connecting. Hopefully, it was one of these just fluky games. Um, because you know when Piogo changes all of that up, he he just literally just switches the lineup and puts uh, Guido Rodriguez all by himself in that uh, center defensive mid role mm-hmm. and then pushes uh, Mateo Uribe out to the right, pushes mm-hmm. Cecil Dominguez to the left, and Ibarguen's kind of this cam, and now you have Oribe Peralta up top with Roger. Yeah. Which, but even then, we see Oribe Peralta drop back immensely when he doesn't need to anymore, and I just, I don't I don't understand why. And he gets frustrated. Have you noticed that too? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I have noticed on that. On that yes. play where uh, Alvarez got a yellow, I, I thought it was Peralta who should have got the yellow. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alvarez just had his just just try to you know use his body, but Peralto came in hot. That's what caused that's what caused him <laughs> yeah. to to fly out like that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah. I think I think we've been saying this for for a while. I think this might be the end of Furio Peralta in an America jersey. You know, it, it could mm-hmm. be. It could. I mean, what does he have his contract with twenty twenty? And he just announced his retirement from the national team. So. Maybe it's time. Yeah, because I mean, look, he's thirty-four, and he's already he's already lost most of what you know made him such a potent striker in the box. You know, he's starting to you know fade away from that, and now he's starting to play in a. He, he's basically doing a Wayne Rooney. <laughs> yeah, if, if you get in one a sense, in the sense, yes. From being that lethal striker to even pushing more back and more back and more back before you know it, you're gonna see him in the center mid. Yeah, which we have seen him in preseason, which uh, made no sense. Let me just say, let me just say this: when you see uh, Darwin go to MLS, he's killing it. You see Zlatan and Wayne Rudy go over and kill it. Maybe Oribe just needs to join the MLS. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and he'll kill it. (laughs) That's gonna ship him over. Then it's MLS All Star. Oh yes, can you imagine? (laughs) And captain too. Yes, and captain as well. Well, the one thing that's really frustrating about that game, too, is if you look at the attacking threat of America, I mean, outside of, you know, you, there is there are injuries. 
there's a lot of talent there. So the, when they're not linking up, it's like, I, it's I weird. This, isn't, this isn't a video game, but you guys mm-hmm. should be figuring this out. Yeah. And you would have imagined that this team is actually able to do that because, like I mentioned when we were talking about the Nakaxa game, this isn't a relatively different or new team. The core is there. The most of the no, practically everyone is there from last season, mm-hmm. and and they should at least have six months under their belts, if not more, playing with each other. You know, I think yeah. the only one that's new there is Roger. Roger, George, and that was pretty much it. Everyone else was already accustomed to playing with each other. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the fact that, like you said, the fact that they're not linking up, that's what worries you the most is because you can't even string along four or five good passes without, you know, messing it up. And it's not even to the point where you think, oh, it's because Leon was pressuring us or Leon really put no. the pressure. It was just careless mistakes. It was careless passing, and it was just, it, it was it was just mind baffling because it was like how do you mess up a pass when and at this point they were forcing the pass really instead of playing it playing it to someone a little bit maybe maybe play the ball back or try to push it out wide to someone who maybe isn't as marked for some reason you're trying to force the pass going forward going forward I get it you're frustrated you want to go and you want to get something done but it's it's really not the way to go about it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that's what frustrated me the most yesterday. I, I don't think I've ever been frustrated watching a game in a while, it, it, especially like that, because it, it it felt like just this team had no real just, I'm going to use it in Spanish, no tenía ganas to even go out there to, to try to even play. It looked like they were just there playing a pickup match. Yeah. Yeah like, you said, yeah, like you said, when the fouls were ruining the rhythm, I remember saying, like, in the first 20 minutes, I couldn't I, – I don't remember them having three passes linked up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah. Very, very frustrating to see. So, and, and I I mean, I hope that this loss comes with its blessings that maybe this kind of kicks them into gear, especially mm-hmm. coming up against Pumas, which we know mm-hmm. what this game means to the, to, to the fans and, and, and to the institution itself. So hopefully the players realize that, hey, this is no time for us to slack off. I mean, we were literally at the top, close to the top of the table, and now you're looking, you know, you make one small mistake here and there, a draw against Querétaro, now a loss against Leon. Now you're really looking at yourself saying, wow, we really let go of six important points. Definitely. And I think that's going to – hopefully it doesn't come to bite us in the long run, but, you know, this is – I hope it doesn't uh, result to that. Yeah, we can't result to pulling out Tigres here. Yeah. <laughs> we can't though, because that's that's that that can't be our way. I mean, you know, we, we, we have to resort to what we know. And what we know is we, we, we know how to win. And at this point, I don't I, I wasn't even caring that the team was playing, you know, decent and getting a pretty good results in three nils. I just want to see us go out there and be able to manage a game and manage a result. Walk out of there. I don't care if we played pretty, if we played horrible. At the end of the day, get the result get the points and then we'll talk about it on how to improve it but if you keep that winning track record going that's only going to benefit you mm-hmm. Definitely. but i mean credit to leon because you know they 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 did what they did they they were very organized and for some reason when they counterattacked us it looked like no one ever wanted to run back and <laughs> yeah, i don't know right it, it was ridiculous that it you know at at, at some point it was just bruno and Edson back there 
And that was what 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 was just horrible. And you know, fortunately for us, nothing ever really came of it. But you know, they did get that penalty, which Boselli again slots it into the back of the net, which you kind of had a feeling already. As soon as the <laughs> as soon as the referee gave the penalty, you kind of knew already. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But you know what? It uh it, it is what it is. I wasn't even contesting the penalty. I I was just mad at the point that it was uh I'm just mad he got into that position in the first place. Like there yes. was like, like you had said, no reason to exactly like you said, just clear the ball out, man. There's no reason to do that. But you know, hopefully this 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 kind of is a wake up call for the team. And like we said, the, the the less said about this game, the better. I know our good friend Gadi is gonna be livid because of her her Leon winning, who she constantly kept rubbing it in our face yesterday. Well, she put uh, voodoo on the on the podcast, and I'm just I'm really disappointed. <laughs> like you're here to be our sage and to clean. Yeah. Us well, up. I'm gonna give you a shine, a little sliver of hope. Is this is Liga Equis? This is a weird league, and basically every team has one or two of these type of games. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the, looking at the roster, it's pretty stacked. You would hope Yoho would be like, "Hey, listen, we're gonna change this a bit." You know, I need the need the midfield. I need you guys to put you know support the support the wings, support the the strikers. You know, just just change it a little bit. But like I said, like it's a wacky league that these games happen. They do, they do. It's unfortunate, but. You know what? Like you said, it's Liga MX. Anything and everything is possible. I mean, if Tigres can somehow manage to put themselves into the Liga and win the whole damn thing after constantly looking terrible. Yeah, well, look at Chivas you know, a couple of years ago. Or yes. That was, that was a bizarre run, too, and they just had to get the last game, and they got it. Mm-hmm. And it happens. It happens. But let's hope that for America's case, the wake-up call is here and now because, again, exactly. we're going to be talking about this Pumas matchup. And while Pumas is probably in the same boat as we are, we need to make sure that we don't sink, and they do. Mm-hmm. That's the so, point. With that said, Leon 2, America nil. anything you gentlemen want to add on? No, I think we've covered everything. Covered everything. Uh, what do you guys think about Piojo not giving the press conference? It's just typical Piojo, that's all. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I know, I didn't read too much into it. I was just like, you know what? Rather him leave than to say some something that could come back and get him, you know, suspended or something than to, you know, and, and rather have him on the bench than not. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, that does it for our wrap-up against the game against Leon. Now we're going to shift our gears to the Clásico Capitulino. Pumas versus America, um, a game that really uh, brought itself from the youth academy. That's where this Clásico comes from. Two teams that hate each other from birth. And by birth, I mean the babies tend to play against each other. And you're told since a young age, there's only three teams you cannot lose against. And that is Cruz Azul, Chivas, and Pumas. Mm-hmm. Of course, the biggest one being Chivas. But after Chivas, of course, is Pumas. A game that used to be signal. It, it, it used to be a a, a classic uh, a derby where it was a very violent one. You know, a very violent one. More at Seul than there was at the Azteca. But now things have uh, you know changed and and have looked uh, a, a little bit more family friendly. So these games are always good though. 
and especially under Pio Herrera's, uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful streak that he's been going on in the Clásicos, I think we can we can expect this team to come out and really perform. What do you gentlemen think? Yeah, I agree. I think we seen we saw that after the loss against Necaxa, how we you know ramp things up a bit, change things up a little bit, and I think we're gonna see something similar that comes Saturday. You, Brian, what do you expect for for this game? Well, both teams are gonna be looking for those three points, and I just think America has the better opportunity to swing this around. Um, yeah, it just. This is going to be a hard-fought game. I'm expecting at least a red card, <laughs> you know, maybe a penalty. Yeah, but maybe. I just think America, you look at the past few games, one kind of pickup, I think they're going to be able to, to rebound, you know, and if that works, a draw, you know. No, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, it wouldn't be a classical Capitolino without a red card. <laughs> true. So. True. Like we mentioned, Pumas is coming off, uh, what, two defeats, you were telling me, Christian? Yeah, there are two defeats, yeah, and one draw. So they haven't won in three games. They haven't won. So they're hungry. They're, they're, they're hungry. hungry. Yes. And what better motivation than to come play at our home field in the Clásico. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're going to be looking for it. Let's be Definitely. honest. Tight end points as well. Exactly. So we know. We know how important this matchup is, and they know how much uh, this game means for them as well. So question is now, what team is going to show up and what team isn't? Pumas has always been one of those teams that, uh, for some reason, either they're going to play amazingly well against us or they're not. And you kind of get a sense of what the game is going to be like after the 25th minute of the match. And question is, what do you guys think America needs to do to keep Pumas, uh, you know, just subpar and, and, and be the team that we know we can be? Brian, you want to go first? Uh, sure. I mean, I think you got to win the midfield. I get it. You got to fix. You got to do with the opposite of what you just did this previous game, where it's really, really choppy and giving away, you know, fouls and giving the ball away and not linking up. I think you got to look at your veteran players in the mid to try to supply the attack. I, if if America can do that, I, I could see them really having success on on that game. Christian? Yeah, definitely. He uh, read my mind perfectly. The midfield, uh, that's going to be the key the key part to this match. If we can see Mateos and Guido perform how they can, link up with Roger and Doribe, this game, this game should flourish in our way. Dylan's not even here, and you guys are giving me the same answer he would give me. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's true. We, we know we look at last game. Our midfield was terrible. No chances created whatsoever. The only chances that we, I guess we can only create is pass to the wings and cross. Like we can't we can't do that against Pumas and we're not gonna win if we do that. No. So let's let, let's talk about key players, but before we do so, let's talk predicted lineups. I know Piojo loves to give his early lines, but I think he'd give it tomorrow, not today. What do you guys think is gonna be the the lineup? I'm going with uh, with with you, Brian. Give give me your predicted lineup. Uh, I think he's gonna probably go with a similar from what we've seen. I'm not sure if. Aguilar is 100%. If he, if, or if he's, if he's ready to go, I think he's going to be in there. And um, not to my liking, but I think he, I think he's removing Lainez for uh, Dominguez. So you, you keep everyone else, but you can take out. Uh... Well, I'm just trying to read Piojo's mind. I mean, in my, in my perfect world, I would have 
Lainez is attacking mid, Roger up front, Ibarra on the right, and Dominguez on the left. Yeah. yeah. In everyone's perfect world. Yeah. Christian, give me your predicted lineup. Uh, basically the same thing. I think I'm going to go in net. I'm going to put, if Paolo Aguilar is ready, we'll have Paolo Aguilar in there. Uh, it's an Alvarez, uh, Bruno Valdez, and Luis Reyes. I think Luis Reyes will come back into the starting 11. Okay. Uh, the midfield, I would have Renato Ibarra, Mateo Siribe, Guido Rodriguez, and I think he's going to put Cecilio, so I'm going to put Cecilio, and up top, Roger and Oribe Peralta. I'm going exactly, exactly that same lineup, except Oribe Peralta puts in that camp position again. Oh my God, stop, don't say that. As much as I don't want that, because I don't, as much, but let's be honest, what, why is he playing him there? Why would he automatically just, for some reason, be like, no, let's, let's, let's not have you play in the camp spot anymore? I mean, for all we know, he's going to mix up the, the, the defense. He's going to put in uh, Aguilera. He's going to, you know, change change all this other stuff. So it's it's just going to be hard to read his mind. But he could definitely do that. He could definitely but do that. If you put Aguilera, no I don't think I'd be against putting in Aguilera, to be honest, for Bruno Valdez, if that would be the case. Oh, it wouldn't no, be for... horrible. It wouldn't be horrible, but I'm just saying. No, it's yeah. Just, like, it's just it, to read his mind is is difficult. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I think, though, you look at it and you kind of have to realize that, you know, he's he's very unpredictable in that sense. I mean, you know, he could put Henry Martin in goal for some reason, you know, <laughs> and you and you would and, and you would question it. But you'd be like, well, I mean, it, it is Piojo, but not to say he's going to go to that extreme. But I, I wouldn't want him to mix up the defense just because I, I look, Bruno had a terrible game. Yes, but he's a very, very strong player who can pick himself up. And let's face it, in an aerial duel, he you know, nine times out of ten, he he can he comes out on top. So, and I think the most important part is though you're interrupting a partnership, you know, between Edson and Bruno, something that's flourishing, something that's getting some traction going on. And you know, if you interrupt that, especially in a big game like this where you need two center backs that can trust and talk to each other, I I feel like I feel like it's not the time to 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 remove these players. Mm-hmm. But now, would you be surprised if Pio for some reason removed Edson and put an Aguilera? Yes. In? No, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think we'd all we'd all go mad. Yeah. Because I think the one player that has proven himself time and time again this whole season, this whole apertura, has been Edson. Yeah, definitely agree. It's just something Pio would do, you know, just preparing for the worst. That's true. That that is true. But well, that, it, yeah, I just hope it doesn't happen. I mean, I, I already see one young Mexican getting pulled in the starting lineup. I hope he doesn't pull several. Yes. I, just, I mean, I, I know this is a club game, but you like to see these kids kind of gain their confidence, you know? No, yeah. And Especially Edson, after... like, Edson wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. He just had, I mean, there was a miscommunication on the, on the marking, but after that, he had interceptions. He tracked back. He was he had a mm-hmm. handful, you know? Yeah. I think, I think... What if he what if he pulls a one eighty on us and actually keeps Linus in that camp spot and takes out Oriya Peralta? Then he uh, watches the pod. It's confirmed he watches the pod then if he does that. Watch him. Alrighty then. Okay, we're gonna tweet at Piojo Herrera <laughs> if he does do that. And we're gonna say welcome to the podcast, Piojo. But now with that said, with some of the players that we think are definitely gonna be there, who is your key player for this Saturday, Christian? Mateo Suribe. I think after this terrible game and uh, and I guess the little show he put on after he got subbed out, I think this is gonna be a wake up call for him. Um, I don't know if I I don't know how to put it in the correct way, but 
I kind of liked seeing him getting that frustrated after he got subbed out. I think to me, at least to me in my eyes, it shows that, you know, he's frustrated with his game. He knows he could have done better. We know he could do better. I just like to see him return from Russia because he has not been here this whole um, this whole season. We've been kind of light on him this in this podcast for the for this season, but I think it's time to buckle down on him because this is not the Oribe we need. We need him to be better, and in order for us to win, I think Oribe, uh, Uribe needs to be there 100% on Saturday. And so does Oribe if he does end up playing. Okay, oh, yeah, Oribe too. So, uh, Brian, <laughs> who's your man? I, it's hard to disagree with that. Um but, I mean, since we just talked about him, if he does play, I'd say Edson because I, that's another spot that's up up in the air. Looking at the roster, there's another player that can come in. So, if he's in, I would look at him. But also, Rive, because, to be honest, if you're going to show that emotion and you get your next opportunity, just like we're saying, you better show up and do it because sometimes he looks so good, he's like, oh, well, uh, what's next? Is, is Sevilla gonna try to get him on? Call him up? You know, like exactly. trying to get him signed, or or then, mm-hmm. then then he goes disappears for four games, and he, he's making fouls. He's not the passes are off. His his shots off. So that I mean, yeah, that's what I would say for sure. Okay, agreeable, agreeable. For me, it's uh, Renato Barra. If he starts, Renato Barra for me gotta be the danger man. I mean, he's done it time and time again, and he looks like our best player going forward. I just think that a lot of responsibility is going to fall on his shoulders on that right-hand side, and it's whether or not he can deal with the Pumas defenders. No, yeah, definitely. So we got our three key players here, three players to keep your eyes on if you're watching this game on Saturday live. Renato, Uribe, and Edson. So it's uh, it, it should be an interesting matchup. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell what Pumas is going to bring to the table, really, because it's – as as much as we can say they can easily, you know, not bring, you know, their A game, they could easily be in that same desire, hunger to want to demonstrate, especially in a classic goal. They could easily oh, turn it up. Oh, anytime there's a, there's a big game, these teams just, they have amnesia. They, they just turn it off. That They don't have to worry about that. But, it, but in the same sense, America has to be, they can't do it. You, you can't give, you can't lack, lack respect like you did in this past game because they will bite you. Exactly. Yes. They will. They will. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. So then, if the, our, our lineups are correct and we are playing with a four-four-two, hopefully it's not a four-two-three-one. Um, and the midfield is the most important part. I think you you cement yourself in that. And I think the most important part is actually stringing along three, four, five, six passes and get something, finish the play. It doesn't even matter if it goes wide. It doesn't even matter if it doesn't even reach the goal. Finish the play. Finish the play because I think that leaves Pumas without the opportunity of actually counterattacking. True. So I think it's important that we finish our plays. We're We're securing our passes. We're playing the easy ball. We're not forcing it. And I would really like to see us play down the middle this game. That's all I'm asking, honestly. Just a few plays down the middle can, like, really have Pumas really on their toes, guessing, okay, well, they're going to go out wide, they're going to go in the middle. We don't know. It'll keep them guessing, and that's something in our advantage. Yeah, it will. It will. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Cecilio Dominguez tends to show up in, in games against Pumas, but uh, playing out the wing, I don't think has really been our forte. Oh, I mean – you could easily go down the wing and then try to cut inside without having to really cross the ball. But even then, I, I'd rather just see 
I really would like to see Mateo Soriba and Roger link up. Yeah. I think that's something we haven't really seen this this season. Because, you know, the great thing about Guido is that whenever he does play with um, with with Mateo Soriba, he kind of gives Mateo Soriba the, the liberty to kind of go mm-hmm. forward, push forward, kind of be that cam for a, a player or two and know that you got someone that's going to cover your space and cover a lot of a lot of room on the pitch. And and I think Mateo Soriba maybe needs to see that, you know, I can push forward. Let me link up with with Rogers, see what we were capable of doing. Because let's face it, Mateo Soriba can easily take a rifle of a shot outside the box, or and Roger Martinez can easily muscle his way into the box. So it's mm-hmm. we, we got two very very good players in that midfield, uh, you know, tunnel. So let's try to use them. Exactly. We just need Mateo to show up. Yes, we do. What what's your guys' take on Roger right now? Do you, uh, some people are questioning him. Some other people are saying let's give him a little bit more time. Where, where do you guys stand on Roger? Don't no, yeah, I agree. Give him more time. I don't think we've given him enough opportunities for him to shine yet. Uh this this like I said, Bio's tactics, crossing in crossing it into the box is not gonna you're not gonna get the best out of him. The way you described it perfectly. Play down the middle, try to link up with him, let him muscle through a couple defenders. We know he can. And you know, let him let him do his magic. This crossing tactic is not gonna bring out the best in Roger, in my opinion. You, Brian, what's your take on the Columbia? No, I, I it's too, for me it's too soon to tell. I just um, he's shown moments of brilliance, and I just don't know if it, this is going to be consistent or not. And if we can, because we've seen we've seen this this team before gain control of a game where a player like that can shine, and we just need to see that that com- that that comfort. Um, but I think it's too soon to tell that to to pull the trigger and say this guy is not cutting it. But I don't want to give him too much praise either. I know I'm. I just know America likes to make these these type of signings, you know, that these you know, these type of players, but it's a little too early to say. I'm still a firm believer that he is Cabana's reincarnated. I just think we just need to give him that much more time and play to his to his strengths. Like yeah. like we've been saying. So hopefully that happens and hopefully it gives it, it gives him the opportunity to shine. Because let's face it, there's no doubt about it. This guy's got skills. He he looks like he's he's a he's a good He's a really, really good player, and no one's gonna, you know, question the, you know, the strength that he has to kind of muscle through defenses. Mm-hmm. I think Carlos, Carlos put it perfectly in the chat. You know, he has to create his opportunity sometimes, and you know, that's just that just can't ha- can't happen. Yep, it can't. Sometimes you, sometimes <laughs> as as a number nine, you need help from all, you know, your surrounding players, which it doesn't look like sometimes he has that. Well, that's the thing too. Is I mean, going back to that that game. Uh, the fullbacks are pushing up super high. Uribe, Uribe and, and, and Guido are kind of back, like way far, far away from uh, the attacking play. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you've got to reverse that a bit. Uh, I mean, I know Aguilar likes to go up, but maybe just hold off a bit. Let him support this, the, the strikers and the wingers and try to get those those linking plays. And like I said, possibly exploited a, a, a play yeah but i mean it's no it's no secret that piojo loves his 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 fullbacks to push forward which is why when he ever he did first come to america he played with that 5-3-2 formation true but we'll have to wait and see let's see if he can adapt to this 4-4-2 the way we hope he can let's hope it's a 4-4-2 and we don't see another episode of 
Oribe Peralta in that camp position. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, give me your predictions. It's time. Dylan, I know you're watching, so get uh, get the pen out and get the paper and get ready to write these results down. Christian, I'm going to throw it to you first. Give me your results for uh, for Saturday. 2-1 America. 2-1 America. Okay. Okay. Brian? 1-0. Both teams end with 10 men on the field. 1-0 to America? Yes. 10 men on the pitch. I can easily see that. I can easily, easily see that. Okay. Uh, it's a tough game. Extremely tough game. I think... It, I, I would really like to see how many fans show up for this game as well. I think it's important that the team has that kind of respaldo from, from, from the fan base. And I think that will help the players going forward. Yeah. If I'm to give a prediction, um, I'm going to go that we keep a clean sheet because I think that's going to help and motivate us. And scoring-wise, I'm going 2-0. Okay. 2-0 to America. I think it's going to be one of those games where you score somewhat of an early-ish goal and you find yourself in the 70th minute scoring that second goal and just kind of putting the game to bed. I like that. But it won't be easy. It won't be easy. I can easily see Pumas giving us even more of a hard time than uh, Querétaro or León, especially with uh, with what they can create going forward. Mm-hmm. So here it is. The predictions. America will win. Brian's giving a red card prediction. And I think <laughs> we're all predicting a very stressful game at the end. <laughs> yes, definitely. Hopefully I don't rip my hair off this game. Looks like you already started on the sides, but don't worry. So did I. <laughs> I did. It started from here. Hopefully, it does. Hopefully, at next podcast. Hopefully, I'm not bald. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, then you're gonna have to pull a Brian and just use uh just just use your microphone and not uh not use yeah, your camera. Right. Yeah, you don't want to see my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So that wraps it up. People, hopefully, you guys can agree with us. Give us your predictions. Follow us on Twitter so you guys can. Uh, can interact with us that game is going to be live at uh is it uh, five my time seven my time what time is it going to be for you christian that game eight o'clock eight o'clock so that is five o'clock pacific time seven o'clock central time eight o'clock eastern time and then the good friends down in mountain time that is going to be 6 p.m live univision make sure you guys do catch it get yourselves ready for that game should be interesting as always a classico and just kind of a word of advice to the players, because we know you guys all love to tune in right before the sh- right before the game at- starts. To Clasico, I know I know a lot of people won't say it, but these games you kind of have to play a little bit more. You have to feel the colors a little bit more, and this is why I hope that Piojo actually keeps Diego Linus in, because there's two players on our team that know what it is to play against Pumas and that know what this game means more to anyone else on that pitch. And it's Edson Alvarez and Diego Linus. I believe, like you said, Brian, Edson's going to have a very important game. And I believe he's going to start. And I think he's going to show exactly what this game means for a player coming out of the youth system. And I think Diego Linus potentially could have his best game if he actually plays because again, this is another game that he was taught from a young age that this is a game you do not lose. You do not want to lose. 
and it hurts your pride and it hurts your ego if you do so. So hopefully these players understand this. Hopefully some of the some of the youth coaches can come and talk to them and say, hey, this is what we play for. This is what you're playing for. This is what is at risk, and you have to play not just to get those three points, but to kind of have not only bragging rights, but kind of keep the institution as the bigger the bigger team in the end in the long run. But it, it it should be an interesting game. Make sure you guys do tune in. We're gonna keep you guys updated with everything on Twitter live. Brian, give them their, your Twitter because uh, you know I, I'd like them to follow you too. You 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 keep them updated as well. Uh, it's at Brian R M W. And I just wanted to go back to a point you're saying about Linus. Uh, the only thing that frustrates me, like I understand he 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 draws in sometimes double teams because we've seen him exploit people. Um, I just don't. I just hope we don't start pushing him to the side because of uh you know he's a quiet game when we've seen the other players more advanced players more experienced players make their mistakes and stay on the field mm-hmm. perfect example is Cecilia Dominguez right exactly so hopefully hopefully he does get that start hopefully he does get to play and hopefully we can walk away with this Clásico Capitolino with a very, very good result because at the end of the day, I think that's what matters the most, not how much, how well we played, but uh, if we're able to walk away with three points. So, gentlemen, that wraps it up. We're going to talk one last subject before we end the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, not Pijo, uh, <laughs> Moises Muñoz has announced today officially he will be retiring. His farewell game will be in... Los Angeles against Guadalajara in the Clásico that they're bringing over here to the States. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts about this uh, Moises Munoz hanging up the gloves? Uh, I think it's time. Uh, I think he's given everything he can to uh, to uh, to professional football. Uh, all I have to say is thank you for that goal. Thank you for that <laughs> goal. I think speaking for all Americanistas, that goal will always be remembered in all of our lives. Brian? Yeah, no, uh, I think uh, I, we watched him with Fox during the World Cup coverage. I think he's got a future there. Uh, he did fantastic. Uh, it is time, I think, for him to hang up the boots. And um, he's given us a lot of good memories, not only at Club America, but for the national team. And um, I got to personally thank him because when I covered the Gold Cup last year, he was one of the only players to stop and talk. So I got to thank him for that. And, uh, no, I, I think he was a, a – uh, you know, a, a good player in that run we had um, a few years back. So many thanks to to Munoz. Yes, very, very many thanks to Moises. Moises, when he first came to the club, was actually one of the remarked as one of the best goalkeepers in the league, and he continued to be that for us. Uh, and it's it, it's rare to get a player to come to the team and kind of just you, you know take it for what it is playing in America. And he's actually, if I'm not mistaken, he actually is a fan of the team. You know, he's actually a, a big fan of the team and, and America's his team. And for him to achieve that goal, achieve that dream and to play because he felt the colors from the moment he, he stepped on that pitch and put put on that jersey. He he was he was one of the, the key players for us. And uh, and I think the most the most vital thing about this is that goal that you said, Christian, that no one will ever forget. Is is that goal against Cruz Azul in the final that that eventually led us to 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 victory? I think the wonderful and the the most amazing thing about that is Moisés Muñoz is going to be remembered by this kind of millennial generation 
because this is around that time was when you know maybe you know you were starting to to, to be more into it i was starting to be more into it many many other younger americanistas you know will remember that as the key america points as you know your father's time and, and my and my father's time will probably be you know the era in which you know uh we they we won the the final against Chivas and you know all of them who played in that you know uh, El Capitan Furi you know Tena uh, you know Cristobal Ortega all of them they you know our 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 parents generation will remember the team for that what we will remember the team for is that is is that Moises header goal and I think that's the mm -hmm. most beautiful thing about it is because he, that that generation is going to remember it for for many 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 more years to come. Well, it was legendary. Not only did he get the goal, he made stops in the in the shootout. So, mm -hmm. yes, I mean, he did. there's there's very few players that have a moment like that, and yeah, he definitely delivered for for America in that in that in that game. He did he most definitely did. So, thank you so much, Moises Munoz, for everything. We know you listen to the pod. Thank you, <laughs> and uh, you know, just hopefully he can continue that career in 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 sport broadcasting because I think yeah, he, he was he did great. I liked it. He did an amazing job. And it'd be nice to have someone whenever America does transition into the American market, full English coverage, to have someone who feels the colors and can defend them in, in the right, proper way. Well, I'll tell you what, not, just a little side note, like the Tijuana games on Fox are starting to, I think, kick off. And I mean, I could I could see them expanding. And if that's the case, he could definitely cover the America games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So hopefully, Moises Munoz, you're... Uh, you already submitted your application. <laughs> but gentlemen, that runs it down. Thank you so much, Brian, for coming on to the pod. Hopefully your sage worked and yes. uh, whatever Voodoo Gotti put on us is over. Well, that, that's typical of her. So we're going to just clean this through and that's that. <laughs> shout out to Kari who who was a great guest as well. Uh, Christian, thank you again for your time, for coming on here, being a great co-host. Of course, man. Thank you. Make sure you do follow these two gentlemen on Twitter. Let, uh, give me your handle one more time, Brian. Uh, at Brian R M W. Christian. Uh, at uh, C R one S T I A A N. There you guys have it. You guys want to follow me? It's at Ivan Pineda eighty three. But you guys don't really have to. But make sure you guys do follow the uh, Eagle Eye Podcast account at eagle ipod and uh if you guys do you guys get us a little bit closer to another giveaway you know we just did that jersey giveaway we're getting closer to 400 500 will be a really big one so make sure you guys do keep following us spread the word spread the love and uh we'll see you guys on saturday on twitter to see what's going on gentlemen thank you again for your time we'll be seeing each other very 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 soon and dylan keep enjoying your vacations until next time <laughs> take care y arriba la america <laughs>